Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with the man, the myth, the legend, and a good friend of mine and a friend of the channel, Mr. Jonathan Twombly. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. So one of the things you put out, oh, first off, you have an amazing Facebook group. Let's highlight it here so we don't do it only at the end. Highlight it here. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my group right now. So I <laughs> uh, tried to look at the questions that we're going to talk about. So highlighted here, the, other, the group is called the Multifamily Investment Community. Mm -hmm. uh, just search for it on Facebook and yeah. uh, you, can, you can join. There's a, a couple of questions you need to answer and Facebook only shows them on computers. So please go on yep. the first time, but then you can always use your phone after that. Yep, join the group. I'm a part of it. I, uh, I engage uh, again. And there's so many people doing bigger things than me. And that's why I like groups like this. I'm always trying to expand, grow. Something I haven't done is buy anything bigger than 20 units. Jonathan has, he runs, runs a great group, uh, has an almost 12,000 members. So go join. Uh, one of the posts that I want to talk about today, I thought was funny, right? We're in the new year, uh, was worst guru advice. I thought that was an interesting post. Worst guru advice ever. So I, I put up questions in the group from, oh, where did it go? I just lost it. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it. Okay. I tried to, I just tried to uh, condense the screen so that I could see you and the questions at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, Facebook didn't like it, but okay. So I, I, I like to post questions to you know to get conversation going and mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes because I'm just curious. So I got posted a question the other day. What is the worst advice you've ever heard from a real estate guru and how did it go? And we got some uh, we got some some good advice here. So uh, or good um, responses. So let's see. Here's one of them. Uh, so best advice, worst advice you ever got from a guru. How did it go? Um, buy my course and it'll be all you need turnkey system. Mm. Right? So that is always a, uh, I think a red flag when somebody tells you that it's going to be easy. All you have to do is just apply their system. And so when this, this member said, you know, uh, he got, you know, really jacked up and excited about the course you know, spent $25,000 on, on the scarcity, you know, it's the, it's the, the, what do they call it? The, um, the, there's a term for this. Like when you go to a seminar and they sell from the stage, to back the of the room, yeah, but it's like the back of the room rush. There's like yeah. some, like a, like a specific term to it, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And like, where they're kind of like, we we're only, you know, there's only 10 spots, you know, first 10 people who get limited. It. Yeah. Limited supply. You know, yeah. And it's 25. Fever. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they don't care if you're qualified. They don't care if you actually are capable of doing it. Uh, they just want your money. So yeah. uh, that's bad advice. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about the ones that go, the the first step? The, I hate. I've I've never been there personally, but I've had family friends go to these ones that the first step of the conference is they want you to run back of the room and increase your credit card limit. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's step one, and then later in the show, it's like let's go use it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That is so bad. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a surefire sign of like, you know, first Chris, of all, yeah. if you if you're if you don't already have a credit card limit high enough mm. to pay for the course, that's probably a sign. Probably means that your lender, your credit card lender, doesn't think that you are yeah. qualified to pay for that much money for the course. So, uh, but that is a bad idea. Do not leverage your life to join somebody's program. No, please don't. Please yeah. don't. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Sometimes you just got to jump and trust there's a net to catch you. <laughs> wow. Okay. All yeah. Right. So that's more hypey guru advice. Clearly, uh, you, well, the net is you. You better be like, <laughs> you know, you better be ready to. Yeah, the net's called bankruptcy. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's the kind of thing like when they talk about like investing in, certain risky things like if mm-hmm. you don't invest money you can't afford to lose right and yep. so same thing with investing in real estate if sure i think there is definitely some analysis paralysis and fear of pulling the trigger and all of that is natural and i always tell people like even even now like even at this after doing this for 10 years every time i submitted an loi on a deal my very first thought is oh god i hope they don't accept it <laughs> <laughs> no don't take it because i'm like i'm like oh my god i'm i'm, I'm sure I'm, if you know I if, missed they, something. if they accept it it's because i must be overpaying right like <laughs> you know yeah that's and that's just like your natural like that's buyer's remorse it's mm-hmm. yeah. more natural so all those reactions are totally normal to feel and so maybe you know the idea that you have to take a leap of faith is is true but you take your leap of faith after you've done your analysis you don't take a leap of faith because you somebody told you like don't worry, it's going to work out. Like, <laughs> trust the universe, it'll all be fine. Yeah, like, just, yeah, that's crazy. So, I, the, another one I see here from Dan, I won't, I won't say last names, is don't buy a home, don't buy a house. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty good marketing from the person who puts that out there. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that whole idea of like, don't buy a house. I mean, like, look, it, I, 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 I've written an article about this topic, which is, you know, I, I don't, Handed out anymore. It's a lot of deep, but I had a, I had a, a free white paper that I used to give away that was called something like "Why Your Home Is a Terrible Real Estate Investment and What You Should Invest in Instead." Mm. And the reason I wrote that was not because it's actually a bad idea to buy a home. Just that, that you shouldn't think of it as a real estate investment because, mm. like, as, you know, because you have carrying costs. People always they always misunderstand the analysis, right? So they go, they buy the house for two fifty. 20 years later, they sell it for 500. They're like, hey, I made $250,000. And they don't realize that they probably paid more than that in expenses over time, right? So they actually, actually, they lost money on the house, but they lost less than they would have if they'd rented. It's still, exactly. a, good, it's still a good financial decision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buy, own your home. It is not, yeah. but it, you should it's not. It's not an Apple, st- it's not an investment, really an investment right. decision. Yeah, if you want to really like that. In real estate, you invest in rental property that other people are paying the expenses on, right? That's investment. But you're, but the whole, you know, the real estate brokerage industry has put out this propaganda that says a home is a good investment. Yeah. They've, they've really messed up the way that people think about. No, I agree. At home. So, um, so there, so, uh, Here's someone saying, uh, D- Dave Ramsey thinks leverage is not a good thing for investment homes. I, I would disagree with, I mean, I would agree with the person disagreeing with David Ramsey. I mm-hmm. think you should, if you can pay cash, that's fine. But I think if you, 
the the judicious use of leverage is a good thing. Right? Yeah, for me, leverage really is when you're starting out. There's no question leverage is helpful, right? No question. Uh, if you're looking to build a base, right? I talk about getting to four. It is far easier to get to four with 25% down than yes. 100% down. Once you get to four, if your ilk, if your being says you want to own stuff free and clear, great. Spend the next 15 or 20 years paying those four off. I strongly suggest you don't buy one, pay it off, buy one, pay it off because the time, this, the total time, and because you're just inflation is going to kill you, right? You'll never get ahead. You might in your lifetime buy two instead of go buy four, then spend 15 years paying it off and, and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I, I would also, I don't know how you feel. I'm mean, curious what you think, but sure. I also think that, you know, the very typical way that people grow is like buy it refinance it, pull out, pull out equity, mm -hmm. buy the next one. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have to be really careful with that. Like, mm -hmm. because it, the, you really have to make sure. And I think in, in, when the market is rising, people tend to think, well, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is when the market stops rising or you hit a recession, then, then what you have is a, a cascade of defaults and you lose everything. Mm -hmm. that, that's actually how, um, What's his name? Tony Robbins. That's how he, Tony Robbins started out as a real estate guy mm -hmm. and he lost his shirt because he was doing that strategy. And then when the recession of like 91 or something hit, mm -hmm. just went just completely. Ate him alive. He lost everything. Yeah. So, but if you, you, so you really have to make sure if you're, if that's your strategy, that you are covering your debt service, mm -hmm. like with some comfort at every, at every level. So you're not yeah. pulling out everything your lender tells you, you can pull out of the house. Mm -hmm. yep. If you pull out as much as, as you can still make sure that you're covering your debt service th through your renters or mm -hmm. your Airbnb or whatever it is with yep. room to spare, right? Yeah. And, build up, and build up a reserve fund too, just in case you've got months of vacancy and whatnot. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the, my biggest mistake with my first rental unit in this book uh, was I went to a bank after it went up in value. And I said, hey, I want to do a cash out refi because, again, I wanted to buy more, right? I wanted to take my one and get two or three. And the bank said, how much do you want? And I was an idiot. And I said, how much can I get? And they told me. And I said, okay. Never once looked at the new mortgage payment. Never once. I, I assumed incorrectly that the bank would be conservative. Hmm. When I finally got my mortgage payment, I think the mortgage payment was $1,218. Rent was $1,095. So right. I was losing money because again, I paid property manager. Right. No right. matter what, I was losing money. And, and that's before one thing happened. Uh, so again, yeah, you have to be careful. You have to run the numbers. Uh, I believe cash out refis are very helpful. Every refi I've done since then. Again, for me, are you building right. or are you near the end? Right. Uh, now I never go above 75% LTV. And the last two refis I've done were 50% LTVs just because I'm in a different stage in life. Yeah. But yeah, it has been helpful, right? Even though I took that cash out, I think it was roughly 40 grand. That 40 grand came two additional houses and, and 20K in reserve. So it was very helpful. No, no question. Never spent any of my cash outs on anything but more real estate, not a toy, not a vacation, not a, not a lunch, nothing. Uh, the other thing that was very important, I now believe time in the market's better than timing the market. Because not only have I done cash out refis, I've done 1031 exchanges. Um, I've sold, I sold an apartment at what I consider the peak. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I want to hold everything I buy forever until somebody wants to overpay. 
uh, and then I'm willing to exit. So it's been very helpful. Yeah, I think all that's all it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, you sort of mentioned it in passing, but your your stage of life really determines like how much risk you can take. Yes. Like if you're if you're 25, right, you can get wiped out and you have plenty of time to to build back. Yeah. Right? Agreed. If you're 55, right, yeah. then you you want to start getting conservative. And hopefully at that point you've already built up something of a nest egg and you don't need to get you don't need to wring every penny out of these assets, right? What you Great. want is you want to make sure you hold on to them. I want right? to sleep at night. Yeah. You want to make sure that you, that, you know, the great financial crisis can happen and real estate can go down by 50% and you're still okay. Yeah. Right? You're still on the asset. So um, that's, but it really all depends on. Yeah. I, I invested through that market. My market went down 70% peak to trough. That's just insane. And and we held on and we we grew um, because again, we had sold houses at the peak. In the book, we talk about the affordability index being that indicator for me. We sold all of our eight houses and we went to 80 units, yeah. all 1031s. Again, my balance sheet was worth less. I don't care. You don't spend your balance sheet. Certainly when you're building, a balance sheet doesn't mean squat. Income went up and, you know, because rents went up, expenses were flat. It was, it was a good time. But yeah, so the last, uh, the last guru advice I will hit is uh, all the people saying you don't need money. There's lots of versions of this. No money down. You don't need money to make. I mean, just you need reserves. You need access to money. You need so, it's the game. The real estate game, in my opinion, is a money game. Yeah. Maybe it's not yours, but you better have some, especially if, if you want to be in this long term. And you really, the important thing for me is you got to be able to keep money. A lot of people are, they don't realize that you need to build your own stack eventually. Yeah. And otherwise you're just, you're just running on a rat race and you're one accident away from being wiped out. Well, listen, I mean, Warren Buffett talks about that, right? He talks about the fact that you can have, you can have a lifetime of, success after success after success and to have it all be wiped out by one bad deal right? yep. especially and, yeah. yeah and that's what that's what you want to avoid and that, that's why he talks so much about building in a margin of safety for on your assets and that's become very difficult in real estate right now to build in a margin of safety because cap rates you know when cap rates are at five percent or less for c properties there's not a lot of room for building in a margin of safety right so uh, that's why when I talk about, I mean, in last session, like mm -hmm. if you're investing, you really have to be looking at that downside because, and you really have to be really honest with yourself about, well, what, what are the combination of things that, that have to happen for my equity to go to zero, right? And, 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 how comfortable are you with that scenario? And don't downplay it. Like, don't say, oh, it'll never happen. Like, it could happen, right? So you, but you have to make a, a, a reasoned judgment about how likely you think it is to happen and whether then you're under those circumstances, whether you're willing to take the risk, right? Yeah. So um, let's see, I think there was one more in here. Oh, sure. here's another one, another guru um, advice. Uh, real estate prices never go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean we talk a lot about real estate you know yeah real estate prices going down and uh you know they it 
it, it has happened in our lifetime a, a number of times, not just once, right? I mean, we always mm-hmm. talk about financial crisis, but that was not the only time. No, no. It, we've had, and it's far easier for regional, which again, we all buy regional. Right. There's lots, of, there are lots of times regional markets have gone down. People talk about national numbers going down two or three times in a hundred years. That's not where you look. You look regionally. Lots of regional areas have gone down over the years for lots of different reasons. So, I mean, I'll tell you like how that bad advice affected me. Okay. um, So before I was in real estate full-time when I was still a lawyer, Mm -hmm. when we went to buy uh, our apartment, um, I remember reading- In New York, right? Apartment in New York. I remember reading- do you remember the Latte Factor guy, David? I Bach? do. Yeah, I read his book. Yeah, and he, in his book, he was he said very, very emphatically, there has never been a nationwide decline. <laughs> in I like, remember. There have been regional ones. Yep. There has never been a nationwide like mm-hmm. decline in home values, right? So therefore, don't worry about it. So I was like, oh. Okay, David Box. So, and meanwhile, the recession was starting to happen, but it hadn't hit New York, right? It, so, uh, it, it was out on the edges. Got it. Yeah, all in like, you know, places like Phoenix and where you are, like those yep. places were like crashing and burning, but like it hadn't hit New York. And I was yeah. like, oh, and David okay. was in New York. Actually, I, I've actually met him a few times since then, but he like, he was like, uh, no, like it's basically it's never happened nationally. And I was like, okay, it's never happened nationally. And this is New York. So what could go wrong? Yeah, right? exactly. Hopefully, you know, we had, we had, we, I think our leverage was like 25% leverage. So okay. we had a lot of cushion, but our, like literally we started losing value like the day we bought, we closed <laughs> on the place. And, uh, you know, and if we had just waited another, and I was trying to get my wife to wait, you know, if we had waited six months, we could have bought a bigger apartment in the same building for less money than we paid for our apartment. Oh, uh, so, out. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Anyways, but now today you're you're up. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, we're up. I mean, we're up a lot, right? Yeah. So, uh, in the scheme of things, you're doing okay. Yeah, and and that, that just sort of proves your point too. Like that, if you're in it for the long run, time in the market. Yep. Time in the market is very important. And 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 I always say to people in real estate, time is your friend. Yes. Now, is- I, I wish more people got that. Time yeah. is your friend, and you got to be. That's why you got to set your debt. That's why I am nervous. And we've talked about this a lot, but I'll work it in here. A lot of the syndications that are coming across my plate as an accredited investor, their debt structure does not guarantee time. At least that's how I see them. I'm like, whoa, you got to get out of this paper in a year? Are you kidding me? I get five-year seller financing and I'm nervous. I can't imagine getting bridge debt with a year with an option for another. I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? That's, that's scary to me. So I just... Last sort of point sure. on this, um, the folks who get, so this is this guy named Ben Jones. You should interview him sometime. Okay. Uh, ben Jones runs a, ha, writes a blog called The Housing Bubble Blog. Right? Okay. And, uh, I interviewed him on my podcast years ago when I had a podcast. And um, one of the things that he told me, you know, he said, you know, so he's been looking at this issue for a long time, this is kind of his obsession is housing bubbles. And um, I remember I asked him, like, like who, who was it who lost money in the crash, right? Mm-hmm. Was it the people whose mortgages reset? He said, no, that's a myth. It wasn't the people, the people who got foreclosed on were not the people who had their mortgages reset. Mm-hmm. It was the people who bought at the top, 
the la- basically the people who were like the last in yeah. who overpaid the most. Mm-hmm. Right? So just having your mortgage reset wasn't necessarily the kiss of death, but if you bought, but the people who bought at the very top, mm-hmm. you know, convinced that like this was never going to go down. Those were the people, and of course that makes perfect sense. It's always the people who buy at the top of the bubble who get. Yeah, hurt the most. Yeah, hurt the most. So that's why now you know you never know where the top is. And frankly, look, I I called the top a couple of years ago and I was wrong. Yep. Right. If when it even for I'm still astonished by how much it's gone up. But that that should not the lesson that you should get from that is not oh Twombly was wrong so therefore real estate is going to go up forever. Mm. The, the lesson should be you should be even more nervous now than you were two years ago. <laughs> exactly. Right? Because it's still ha- we still haven't had the correction that lets the air out of the balloon, but we know it's happening and we're getting closer to it than we are farther away from it. Agreed. Right? So therefore, I'm not saying don't buy and I'm not saying don't try to time the market. What I'm saying is when you go into these assets, do it with your eyes wide open about what could go wrong and can you get through that? And mm-hmm. is your deal structured so that you can get through that, right? That so because as we both said, time is your friend. You can write as long as you can get through it. You can write it out, and and five years later, you won't even it won't yeah even matter. won't even matter. Right? Exactly. Right. So but you got to get through that. You got to get through it. That's the issue. That's right? the key. Totally agree. Well, Jonathan, this is a lot of fun. One more time. What is the group where this post was? It was it was very entertaining. In the multifamily investment community uh, on Facebook and uh, go on a computer the first time so you can answer the mandatory question because I won't let you in if you don't. So there you go. Uh, be sure to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan.